Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim, and I need to apologize once again, guys. Um, we had some technical issues, so this episode is going out a week later than scheduled. Um, but it is a fantastic episode and we have a hugely inspirational um, and, and quite an interesting guest. Um, her name is Hora Milani. And I'm just going to read her bio out because there's so much there. Um, she's a computing specialist who is passionate about cultivating a generation of students skilled in using computational thinking to solve everyday problems. She's an advocate of women in tech and an international speaker on achieving gender parity and inclusion in the field of technology. She's also a professional member of the British Computer Society and a community lead in the Google Developer Ecosystem. Her educational background consists of a BSc in Computer Science, PGCE in Computer Science, MA in Computing Education, and currently a Cybersecurity PhD at UCL. Researching, sorry, so I've misread that, but um, she's currently a Cybersecurity PhD at UCL, researching the use of machine learning to detect and prevent cyberbullying in educational institutions. She's a wife and a mother to a preteen girl and an eight-month-old boy. Um, Hora, uh, I, I mean, the, the conversation we had was, was just uh, really, really insightful. Um, she's uh, spoken internationally um, at conferences. She's you know, literally traveled the world with Google. She's set stuff up in Iraq, um, you know, teaching women how, about tech and everything else. Um, there's, yeah, it, it's, it's just, you know, we had a, a fascinating um, conversation about I guess women in tech and the struggles that she's faced as a as a visibly Muslim woman, you know, wearing the headscarf and everything else, but then also, you know, overcoming her own kind of anxieties and the cultural barriers and boundaries she's kind of she had previously put on herself, um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, I, without further ado, I guess here's my conversation with Hora. Salam, Hora. I'm good. It's funny. I always find myself laughing at the beginning when I say salam. It's I don't cool. know why. A smile is heard <laughs> through uh, through the voice. So. Um, so, well, thank you very much for, for coming in today. Um, I think I should probably shout out my wife at the beginning of this episode um, for, for making this podcast actually happen. Because uh, for a while, she sent me um, posts of yours and she was like oh Hora's doing really amazing stuff you should get her on you should talk to her because you guys went to school together yes we did um and and then one day I finally said all right fine like let's let me see let me look I, at her let me actually posts. look at what you're talking about <laughs> um and and she was right uh you're 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 doing amazing things and like your story I think is very unique um and quite inspirational if Thank I you. if I do I, I mean uh, Bigging it up now, you, you have to live Thanks. up to the hype. <laughs> yeah, I'll um, try. But yeah, I, I think, you know, looking at the the tech space broadly, yeah. um, there's a lot of things and a lot of uh, stereotypes. And also it's relatively new. Yes. So this is not something that our parents' generation could really get into um, when they had the job market in front of them and, and whatever else. But I think the best place to start with yourself is probably... Um, that wonderful story that you once told on a video, which I saw was about your early days of, of how you found an interest in this whole space. Yeah. 
Thank so you. over to you. Firstly, thank you for having me. And um, thank you to your wife for, for shouting me out. <laughs> really, those pictures are just of me going to tech companies outside and taking pictures going, yo, I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's been a, a, an exciting journey. At first, I just thought it, I'm doing me. And then everyone asked me to kind of share the story, share the pictures, um, even though they're not in tech, but it seems to have excited them and brought them towards this, this field. Yeah. Um, with your question regarding, you know, how I started, it was um, my brothers are software software and um, network engineers, and I started, you know, looking at computers coming in when I was six, seven, eight. But obviously, then computers weren't really in the homes. Internet still hadn't established. You can tell how old I am through, through that. Um, and um, it was a completely different era. So I just watch from from afar what they're doing with the computers the way the the way they were typing on keyboards the way they were connecting wires mm. and i just felt this spark inside me i'm just like i really want to know how these work you know what's happening what's happening when that you know when you're clicking on that keyboard yeah. what's happening with that computer but i still wasn't allowed to touch them i wasn't allowed to go into the <laughs> computer room these were expensive devices that yeah, were yeah. you know being you know operated on um so i did sneak in a couple of times <laughs> i'm admitting this and uh, just start typing on the computer and see what it does um one day i did realize and that's a story that you're, you're talking about i did realize that the keyboard was quite dirty i thought okay what's what's happening here let's just give it a clean mm. it's around nine then so got hold of the keyboard disconnected it took it under the tap and just started washing it and going oh this is really <laughs> Wow. This is really cool. Let's clean this. I Obviously, your, I had no. I can imagine your brothers were thrilled at that. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about the consequences <laughs> of the keyboard. Alhamdulillah, that it was just the keyboard and no other parts were taken. Um, another story that I've never actually spoken about that, but just came to me when I was around sixteen. I ended up having my own computer. Alhamdulillah, to work on uh, for homework. And one day, I just woke up and found this little switch embedded in the case. So the uh, you know the way I was sleeping, the computer, the back of the computer was towards. Um, mm. my head and I saw this little switch embedded in the case and I'm like oh what does this button do <laughs> if you do you remember Dexter's lab at all yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. so he used to be like oh what does this button do <laughs> his sister used to do that to, to his lab so I looked and I'm like oh what does this button do and I pressed it and I basically burnt my motherboard by by messing around with that switch are you serious I, I messed up my computer I messed up many computers wow. but but that's <laughs> Because it's interesting, like when I think back of, of, of my sort of uh, time, early days with computers, I remember like to access games, you had there was like a blank black screen and you had to like type in a bunch of That's it. code. Yeah, I, I felt like a coder back That was then. the command line. Yeah, yeah. the command line. EX. E e EXE probably e and then ZIR to find the directory yeah. and then you'd find those games and click. So I think what's really interesting actually is that computers um and again i think we're, we're probably around a similar age but computers when we were growing up were a lot more complex i think than they are mm, now absolutely in the sense that i remember deleting the sound drive on my computer very easily uh, you say that but it's, it's crazy so like imagine <laughs> I, I was listening to audio and then suddenly i couldn't listen to audio anymore and then i had to like find out how to reinstall mm. the sound driver and it, it it's it's crazy but I think what's interesting then is that our journeys seem to uh, converge quite a lot. No, converge is the wrong word, the opposite. Diverge, whatever. Uh, yeah. we, we, we went in That's different cool. directions. Um, so I am a casual user of computers, whereas you kind of <laughs> went in the deep end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so what happened from there? After that, I kind of realized that um, 
and, and I'd like to then come back to this part of the conversation and why children now don't have the exact same skills that we used to do mm. um, in our age and time. Um, and that's the reason, you know, we can talk about that later. Um, but what happened after that was uh, I became really interested in teaching other people how to break computers and put them together. <laughs> so I got married and went to Iraq. Yeah. Um, stayed there for a few years and I realized that one thing that I really wanted to do was teach other women how to uh, take these computers apart. So they were asking me, you know, very basic questions about computers that were quite difficult for them, regardless of their backgrounds. They were just really interested in how computers were making a difference in their lives. And so I started sharing, you know, they'd say, oh, can you help me change the battery in the laptop? Or can you, can we upgrade the RAM? Or really basic stuff, mm. in, you know, for me, because I've done it. So, because stuff, I, because of how many times I've broken computers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for them, it was fascinating. They'd be like, oh, so what are you doing there? And I thought, okay, so if you're interested... Let's gather around and let, let me teach you how to break computers. I don't know. I can't, you know, um, guarantee that we can put them back together working. But then that taught me a whole kind of problem solving process. Mm. How do I, um, how do I solve these different issues, especially in a place in Iraq where even in 2005, 2006, Wi-Fi was not available. It wasn't widely available in the home. So you had to have an Ethernet cable. Sometimes you had to go to an internet cafe to find the solutions. Mm. Now in a conservative city such as Nejef, where I was, um, internet cafes were only for men. It's not accessible mm. to women. And that's inshallah, we'll talk about that later on as well. So I'd have to find at specific times where my husband's back from work and he can come with me and sit with me in the internet cafe and that's the only time I can use wow. the computer um, so that was a whole new world where you know firstly in the UK there was already a level kind of acceptance that you as a woman you're using a computer that's fine um, you're not you don't usually break them mm. <laughs> but then in Iraq where in a place where you know women are trying to learn but there isn't a safe space for them to expand on their knowledge in this area it's interesting that you say that but um, I was saying to you just before we, we started recording that on, on the radio they were talking about gaming because the PS5 is, is, has just come out and you know they're, they're looking at the industry and everything else and for a long time those kind of um, age-old stereotypes of teenage you know pre or just post pubescent boy with spots all over his face in like mm -hmm. a dark poorly lit room just typing away on a, on a computer was the kind of archetype of a a, a techie yeah, um, or, or a, a gamer. gamer yeah and and that's now slowly but it, it, it's finally moved so it's interesting that you know you talk about the kind of level of tolerance within the uk there is obviously you know there's there, we have that kind of uh luxury of yes a man and a woman can do exactly the same same thing there's no issue there yes um but there are still interestingly cultural stereotypes that do exist um, and again, you know, we are going to talk about the experience sure. that you've had from from all of this. But I think it's interesting that that for me, it almost seems like at least in places like Iraq, it's a lot more overt, maybe, or in cult, you know, in yes. in, in um, conservative cities like Najaf, it's probably a lot more overt um, in terms of like, oh, a woman. They, they will say a woman can't do this, yeah. or it's it, or it's not. You know, you'll, you'll get the look suitable. Thing. Yeah, but mm. I still feel like even here. There is a, a glass ceiling when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. And, and also just to kind of contextualize everything that you were doing in, in Najaf with teaching women about computers and whatever else, at this point, you still had no 
qualifications other than no. breaking a bunch of computers none yeah <laughs> so okay self-taught we call it now yeah, yeah self-taught right? that's it <laughs> um and um and even later on when I was uh studying I'd bring books with me to because I was there for my husband's work and I'd bring books with me from the UK to to learn about certain certifications um and when I'd read about them, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, okay, that, I've done that. Yeah, that, that goes without saying. Mm. And I didn't, didn't realize that it goes without saying for me because I've already done it enough times. I haven't learned through theoretical kind mm. of um, official education. Yeah. So when I did come back, however, that did, that did hold me back in a sense because we're still in a society where a degree really defines what you can and can't do, what field you're in. Although now and in 2020, the biggest tech giants have decided that you don't need a computer science degree yeah. to be, uh, you know, a proficient in your job. However, we're still in some fields focusing on a degree. And that that's even more prevalent in places like Iraq, where when I was applying for jobs, and this sounds very odd, but it's true, any kind of job I'd apply for, they'd be like, where's your degree? Um, and I'd look and I think, you know, not being arrogant, but I have so much experience. Yeah. Um, I've learned so much. I've gained so much from this different culture and everything that I'm bringing to the table. Yet you're still looking for that piece of paper to prove that I'm capable. Mm. So when I did, you know, that was still on my mind. I still wanted to do my degree. I just didn't think that it should define my entire life. So when I did come back to the UK, my friends had all graduated and they'd all gotten their degrees and moved on. Um, so that kind of made me feel like, oh, you know, what? where am I in this world? Um, I didn't have this level of confidence to, to be like, you know what, you can do a degree at whatever age you're mm. at. So I went ahead and did my degree in computer science, focusing on software engineering, and then moved from, that's when I moved from hardware engineering to software engineering, writing code. Um, but again, all of a sudden I found myself in a theater of 200 gentlemen being the only woman doing this degree. And I thought, oh, Okay, so I was in Iraq thinking that I don't have a place in tech as a woman, but yeah. now here in the UK in Same a very thing. good university, where are the women? You know, there were two other women who started the degree, but a month later they've left and they just felt like- So it was literally you and- Me and 200 guys. And I thought, okay. That's crazy. <laughs> so do I belong? That question kept coming up. Yeah, do yeah. I belong in this society that I grew up in, yet now I've, you know, I've got different cultures coming mm. in and what, where where do I find myself here? And I think that uh, with this kind of stuff, and this is like a, a very broad thing, and I've, I've experienced a, a similar thing in terms of, you know, I did a degree that was a little bit out there at university as well. And and the the community response and the family response always um, has a has a big part to play in terms of like what will people say and whatever else what will people say <laughs> what what was that like for you on a on a family but then also a community level because I, I can't imagine like I mean if you're one of 200 uh, you're, you're one woman amongst 200 guys in a sort of mainstream setting within the community that's like one within 6,000 yeah, seven probably. you know what I mean like I can't imagine many other people got into that yeah. Uh, so what was that all like? So uh, first question, with regards to family, they've been extremely supportive all the way. Like, it's There was never like your parents were like, Ever. Really? They're just like, is this, you know, if this is what, you, you know, you've been breaking computers since you were a kid. We've been trying to keep you away from the computer room, right? <laughs> all you've done is whinge at us to get you a computer yeah. all your life. So they were all, that's something they grew up with. Like it's, you know, they... Uh, I grew up with and it, it was accepted it was mm. it, it was celebrated you know how you're into computers um 
my sister, one of my sisters, uh, whenever she was asked, because most of my family are kind of into literature, philosophy, theology. Yeah. So being the youngest, you're just like, yeah, I'm a rebel. <laughs> But in reality, I was just following my passion. So one of my sisters, when she was asked, so what's your sister doing as a degree? She'd be like, computer, blah, blah, blah. Like that's all that mattered to her. It it wasn't um, something that was understood. So even when people would ask me, so Hara, what are you doing for your degree? And I'd be so excited telling them about the latest virtual reality. And you'd see like they'd zone out and be like, okay, yeah, I'm really happy for you. And in their mind, they're probably thinking, just stop talking. We're not interested in this. But in reality, what I was trying to bring forward was, listen, in a few years time, coding, reading and writing code is just going to be like reading and writing English. If you don't have this skill, you are going to fall behind. And we don't want our children to to fall behind. And we shouldn't have women falling behind. Whether you're a surgeon, so many surgeons are now dependent on robots. So who's going to be training these robots? Um, You know, so many jobs will be replaced by tech. So why are we not learning? You know, why are we not catching up quickly? Could you see all of this back then? No. No? No, I just, I was following my passion. Ah, you got lucky. Yeah, I was just, yeah. (laughs) If you're enjoying my conversation with Haura, then please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast, or you can find us on YouTube. And also do consider supporting the Muslim Vibe. The link is in the description of this episode. Um, I think it's themuslimvibe.com forward slash support. And any amount, be it on a one-off basis or on a monthly, would go a long way to helping us create more fantastic content for you guys. Thank you. My passion <laughs> took me to like ancient Greek uh, literature, which has done nothing. I was actually just going to ask yeah, you, what it, it was, was your degree? But, but this is the thing, like, I had to construct a response for people when they asked what I'm doing at university. Yeah, you, you can't, can't tell, say... I, well, classical studies was the degree <laughs> title but then everyone the first question was classical music what's that i'm like no not classical music and then i would tell them i'm you know it's ancient greek literature language philosophy and they'd be like oh okay yeah i didn't know philosophy Good at university <laughs> but i had to tell them that because they, they they link it to plato and everything else um but as i said you got lucky that your degree became the future and mine was literally <laughs> the ancient past <laughs> But um, there's always a place there. for it, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but a lot of these concepts are used in computing mm. and um, algorithms and machine learning. So, yeah. they, you know. But, but the thing is, for, for me, like, um, I know we're, we're here talking about yourself and your journey, but... No, it's a conversation. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is that I, I knew at university I wanted to benefit from the skills, the soft skills that you get. So time management, working on projects, writing essays, research, you know, all of these skills, Huge. they're transferable skills in everything that Absolutely. you do. Absolutely, especially the amount of writing you you do, I, I, can, that, I guess, it, in right? that degree. And, and I always knew, well, I, I knew one thing, and that's what, that was that I had no clue what I was going to do after university. So if you're not going to become a doctor or a dentist or, or a pharmacist engineer. or an engineer. <laughs> what are you doing you can, in life? But you can do anything. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the benefit. You can literally follow your, your passion make sure you get a good grade and then the job market is open because as you said people aren't necessarily always now looking for a specific degree in something yeah especially in tech everyone has you know people coming from such various backgrounds yeah so it's it's um i think it's fascinating like you know whenever i meet someone who's done like a bit of an out there degree um the 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 experience is always very similar so so you spoke about your family um in terms of the community what were you said your know, friends would kind of have that blank expression <laughs> but did 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 your parents get any kind of pushback from people was there any of that kind of why are you letting her do that 
Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But my husband, I think, took the the brunt <laughs> the most of this <laughs> because I, I did get married at a um, at a young age, and so you know he was supporting me in my journey. But also, you know, he's an Iraqi man, mm. and he's come from Iraq, and it's like, um, you know, why are you letting your wife be so free? Why are you allowing her to do this stuff? Like, yeah. she, you know how much she's mixing with men. Do you know how you know? Do you know where she's going to these events? Mm. And alhamdulillah that he was a supportive husband and would, you know, keep people quiet and tell them, obviously, it's nothing to do, <laughs> to do with them. Yeah. Um, but he did get it. I mean, he did get a lot of it. And my, as, as well as my family, you know, oh, so how are the tomboys now all grown up and she's still in a men's field? Like, what's what's happening there? What's mm. wrong with her? Um, I did get backlash from some of the elders in the community who would literally message me after I've put an Instagram post after a long day of being at events and be like, oh, so this is the daughter of an Ayatollah. This is the, you know, this is how a Muslim woman should be in the world of computing. Yeah. You should be teaching girls Quran. Why are you teaching them about tech? Mm. Why are you bringing our daughters together and gathering them, telling them they have a place in tech? Why are you not teaching them about Islam and how to um, practice their religion really well? So I, I they think took it, that field and just kind it of is it is interesting and I guess also relevant to an extent that that you know you do come from a, a religious family as you mentioned your, your father is an ayatollah um, in the sort of Shia community and I think that's that's also quite significant but I, I think also positive in terms of like you said that you're you're having the support of your family and and not conforming because there there is always this this notion and this uh, feeling. That like the more religious, uh, I, I've got to do that thing, religious that you you get yeah. or, or, or that your family is or the status is that, you know, women should be silent, should be marginalized, should be sidelined, shouldn't, um, be, seen shouldn't be seen mixing with men, yeah. working in male environments and whatever else. But you've just gone out there and, and done, done, done all of that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it didn't come without its fears. Like, yeah. I'm not, um, I'm a firm believer that, I, and, I, and my hashtag is always keeping it real. It didn't start off like this. I did start off as an introvert, you know, in university. I never had these connections or conversations with men at all. I just thought, okay, I'm a woman and this is what my society has taught me and this is what my conservative family would expect of me. But I feel like I was putting these barriers in front of myself before anyone else did. Mm. And even the naysayers and people who are coming to, um, you know, uh, criticize this work, they just wanted to throw their comments out there. They're not living my life at the end of the day, are they? Yeah. And then I thought, okay, so I'm here. I can be in my full hijab and I can be you know, following my religion and I can be um, from a conservative family and I can be all of those and I can be a wife and a mother and a sister and a daughter yet still follow my passion um, without, you know, crossing any lines, let's say, or any, you know, having any religious issues. So a lot of issues will come up and they do come up and they have been challenges with regards to, for example, dealing with men, shaking hands, all of that. So we can talk about that at, yeah, a, at yeah. a later stage. If you I, like. And I think that's that's like your standard Muslim in the workplace stuff. Absolutely. It's not only in tech. Yeah. So how long are we going to be sitting at home and not doing anything? Or mm -hmm. if we do, I mean, 
tech is the best thing. If you decide to be at home, mm. you know, you can be working as a software engineer because you never have to see people ever again. <laughs> you need a, a stable internet connection, yeah. a computer and sit at home. But for me, I had that energy and I wanted to interact and I wanted women's voices to be heard. And when I'd go to events, I'd literally look and not a single hijabi woman. Like what's happening there? Why are we not out there representing? Mm. If our voices are not heard, and if we don't represent, how are other people going to know what they need to do to make us feel included? So it's like, I don't feel included in this event, right? And I don't feel the diversity, but what am I doing about it? Should I be waiting for anyone else to be speaking up or should I be the one? Well, I, I think a lot of people decide at that point, I'm just not gonna turn I'm up. I'm not gonna turn up. Yeah, and like, I did why that. Would I, why would I go if it's not for me? Why would I? Yeah. Why would I be there? I think um, you mentioned, you know, women's voices as well, specifically, and and uh, you your masters when you did your masters, you you looked at that specifically. You wrote a paper on that. So what yeah. what was the what were the kind of findings? You're, what were you looking at specifically, and then what did you find? Absolutely. I can't remember the title. Yeah, I'll, can I just backtrack up? Yeah, yeah, this go question, for it, go for it. Just yeah, what yeah, you yeah. mentioned last. That I just want to pick up on that yeah. because it really resonated with what you just said. You said I I won't go. And I did that for several years throughout my degree. So when oh, really? there were events, um, I'd go for the talk. Mm. And the moment they say networking, for me, I always say the N-word, literally. I would be out. I would be running as fast as I could out of that place. Yeah. Like, do not talk to me. Because I had this fear where I don't know what to say. Who's going to accept me as a Muslim woman in this place? I'm the only one here. Mm. Like, what will they understand? How am I going to have these conversations? Until I decided, and you know, I'd go back home crying my eyes out because I'm like, I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to ask that person. Like actually crying. Yeah, I really wanted to ask that person those questions. Yeah. And that person was the one for me to ask. Yeah. Or some events I'd actually just end up going to different cities just to hear a specific speaker. And a lot of us do that, whichever field we're in, you know, there are some distinguished speakers. And when, it's, when networking time would come and there's an opportunity for me to ask the question, I would just stand there and be like, oh, no, I can't do this. You know, I'm a Muslim woman. And what are they, you know, what so, are they going to think? What am I going to have what was, to deal what with? What was running through your head? Like, why, what was holding you back? What am I going to do when they put their hand out to shake it, to shake mine? What am I going to say? I don't want to shake your hand. But um, that was it. That was the, the crippling that, fear. One or two, you know, different things. You know, how am I, wh where's this conversation going to take me? At the end of the day, our community is not going to be wanting to move forward with this field anyway. So what am I going to do with this information anyway? It's only going to be bettering myself. And then I thought, hold on, you know, it is bettering myself and then I can pass that on to... But at that time when you don't have... Did I just push the mic? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, when you don't have that level of confidence that this is my journey, it's okay for me to feel comfortable or uncomfortable. I'm, you know, I'm learning. Yeah. Um, this isn't a failure. I'm just, you know, moving forward with this. You, you just start becoming comfortable and embracing your whole self. Once you embrace your whole self, you realize, you know what, these are all just either barriers in my mind or mm. society has put them and, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not the one who's stopping me from moving forward in this field. Um, but, so I'm just trying to understand this, this form of mindset a little bit better yeah. because you were already uh, arguably trailblazing somewhat by following Thank your passion you. and kind of saying, I don't care what the expectations are of me from a um conservative cultural background i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i have my family support you yeah. know my husband's uh behind me is, is my, my number one support and everything else but then 
why why didn't you fully commit so so what was stopping you what why, why did you go halfway kind of do the course go to the events yeah. and then chicken out at the last minute it, I, it was probably a lack of self-confidence firstly mm. and as well in addition to that feeling that i don't belong i don't have a place here um, what's, what's, i'm the, so different the reason i'm asking is that everything that you've just said projects that self-confidence and that self-belief to pursue your passion yeah um but, but then, then you you kind of stopped after 80% absolutely because you feel sometimes well I'm an introvert I don't come across as being an mm. introvert but I am um and that I used to think okay so I can't have these conversations you know they're going to I'm going to put myself in a really uncomfortable spot but I think through adulthood we realize that well these uncomfortable positions are the ones that teach us and you have to put yourself out there and really make yourself uncomfortable to realize oh you know what it wasn't that bad now looking back it was only four years four years ago that situations like this would happen oh really yeah and i look at my notes and i laugh because i used to obviously just i have to get it out there you know write it i used to write notes mm. while i'm crying my eyes out like i just went <laughs> up 80 percent, as you said yeah and then i just ruined it for myself mm. um and then i just you know sat back and thought if this is what i really want to do then i need to move forward with it. i need to put myself in uncomfortable situations have these conversations and maybe I'll move forward. And I realized that actually, you know what? Once I did it once, twice, three times, it became super easy, super straightforward. Mm. And a lot of the times I get questions, how, how do you do it? Like, how did you go up to that person and speak to them? Well, you know, they're a human. I'm a human. Just go up to them and speak got, to them. I've got to, yeah, <laughs> they've got information that I need. And, um, you know, uh, there, are, there are ways, you know, you end up learning how to, to speak to different people at different levels. Um, so I really kind of, expanded my knowledge and experience in that field by really working on myself so that was quite a difficult part of my own journey mm. um and th this is you know personally it was yeah, my, yeah. my issue you know being scared to talk to people up to that but point. i i think but, you know the reason like obviously we, we are having a bit of a or quite a personal conversation yeah. today because i think a lot of people struggle from very similar issues and this is something yeah. i've always seen as well that um you Everyone looks at everybody else thinking that, oh, they've got their life together. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they're so confident. They're so I'm brave. And then when you hear someone and you sit down one-to-one -one and they're just like, I'm a mess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I'm Every doing. But everyone thinks that about everybody else. But yeah. it's like only when you actually interact with someone do you kind of realize, actually, you know what? We're all exactly the same. We are. We are. And I really want to put that out there. And as I said, I always think about the idea of keeping it real. Yeah. Because... You know, the same way I went to this event or got invited to Google to San Francisco, they said, I don't feel like that's anything unique or that's anything special. Anyone can do it, mm. right? Um, and so let's be real about the struggles. It sometimes is a very lonely journey. It sometimes is like, what am I doing here? You know, nobody else is, is following through. So many times I'd, you know, approach brilliant software engineers you know muslim women software engineers or um you know graphic designers or you know, people women doing making a difference who are super brilliant 10 times better than i am mm. and when i'd approach and be like can you come and speak at this event or can you come and represent they'd hold back and so for me it's always like okay so when is when is everyone else going to join me on this journey <laughs> okay <laughs> when is everyone else going to be be part of this yeah and it does yeah so there are little issues here and there it's not all wow glamorous you know going to america on a 12-hour flight going and coming back and you've left your children and you know you're just tired from having to speaking to have 
from having to speak at events and meet loads of people. So it comes with its struggles. But at the end of the day, you just, once you've got that final goal in your mind, mm. I think just, just go for it. Really. I think that's actually another interesting point because you mentioned, you know, family, leaving your kids and things like that. When it comes to um, representation, um, specifically for women, I feel like within Muslim spaces, we co- women constantly, and men as well, constantly talk about representation of women. We need to be, or we want women to be visibly appreciated and represented yes. in different fields and whatever else. But then on a practical level, there's always that thing of, I have a duty towards my family and I have kids. And if you don't have kids, you've got, well, you know, yeah, you've, got loads of other you've got loads of other responsibilities yeah. and things. But how, how do you kind of reconcile that as well then? Because I think that's another thing that's important because we always talk about, oh, we need more women representing. But then, and I've seen it as well, even on like a community level, where when you have a committee that you're putting together, for example, and so like my, take my local mosque committee for example yes. they were they wanted equal representation of men and women on the on the as trustees yet when it came to it they could only find three women and 10 guys yeah and it's like no and, and actively looking for women to step forward into this into these leadership positions but then we don't have any women there who are willing to because often it's like oh, i have to look after my family i have this i have that whatever else so how, how do we kind of navigate all of that? By listening to them and providing that comfortable space. So I'm going to answer this question and the one that I kind of um, missed, the, the master's one, yeah. um, at the same time. So through the my master's degree, which I did after a PGC because I wanted to learn you know, how to teach and mm. teach uh, girls computer science, teach computer science in schools. And that made me realize girls don't choose computer science um, as a subject and I thought okay let's find out what this is you know I'm going to leave teach leave teaching for a while go to do my master's and that's when I focused on computing education and the gender issue why do we not have girls choosing computing whether it's in the UK Malaysia Turkey Iraq so it was kind of a um, an international uh, study and several issues came up you know as the as being the reasons behind why women don't get into tech um, one of them being self-efficacy. So women's self-belief that they are capable. I'd be teaching um, coding in a you know class uh, secondary school and I'd have, it was a mixed school, so I'd have the two or three girls who have kind of pushed to take the subject. They'd be coding and creating a beautiful application or a beautiful website and the code is perfect. And I'd go up to them and be like, okay, so what's it? And she's sitting there like really upset or crying. Like, my website's ugly. My work isn't up to standard. And I'd look at the boys on the other side <laughs> who were sitting like trash, right across. Literally. But loving it. He's like, oh, miss, look at my website. <laughs> look at my app. And I'm just, obviously you don't want to break him, but you're just like, really? Like that is a bunch of like rubbish that you've got there because it's not following any of the standards mm. but obviously I'm very proud of the fact that he's tried and you know he's gone ahead and, and done something which is amazing in itself but then I've got the girls sitting here going oh no this is rubbish and you think okay there's an issue here if your work is so brilliant yet you are not capable of seeing it yeah. then this is a society issue so how as a society are we making women feel supported and welcome when i invite a woman who has duties as a wife as a daughter 
as a mother? Am I providing her with someone who's going to, you know, am I providing her with childcare? Mm. Am I taking away all these responsibilities and I won't say burdens, but these mental loads that she's carrying mm. because she feels responsible to make sure that her husband is looked after, her children are looked after. When I want her to attend this Open My Mosque initiative or any other initiative, am I, is the husband saying, you know what, I, you know, don't worry about me, I'm fully sorted? Um, are her children being looked after in a way where she feels comfortable and that she trusts whoever's looking after them? Um, am I preparing, am I providing her with some time to prepare her talk? Am I providing her with the support to say, you can do it, you know, you're capable, you're amazing, and just just a, a level of self-confidence. Am I instilling that in her? Or am I just saying, yeah, I'm supporting you, go for it. Whereas in reality, I'm just like chaining her hands and going, yeah, yeah, I'm supporting you, go for it. Mm. How am I supporting her? Am I, yeah. And that's when I come back and say my family have been super supportive because I, I was like messaging my sisters. I have a podcast recording with the Muslim vibe and they're super excited for me. I'm really excited. And without me having to speak up and say what's going to happen with the children, they're already offering. Being like, they're already offering, we're going to take care of them. Mm. What day is it? When is it? We're there for you. We'll look after them. We know their needs, whether even if you're, you know, my baby boy and I, we had this conversation before and he's eight months and he has a heart condition, several other health conditions. Um, they're, they're fully hands-on and they're aware of how to look after him as well and his needs. So for me, when I come, all I need to do is really just plan. You know, my husband's happy, go for it. Um, obviously I have work issues and all the different projects that I'm working on, mm. but these little mental loads were taken away from me so that I'm capable of spending half an hour, one hour preparing for this conversation and um, not having to sit here talking to you, but yet worrying what's happening with my children. Oh, what's happening with the cooking or what's happening with that and that, yeah, you know, yeah. my work issues I can deal with at, at night or whatever. Um, so how are we as a society supporting women? Are we actually supporting them? We're actually providing them with this opportunity. Um, those who don't have children and don't have uh, the responsibilities of a family. Maybe she's an introvert. Maybe she needs help with public speaking. Maybe she needs certain phrases that will prompt her. How, you know, can I provide her with these? Um, can I provide her with a level of self-efficacy that she needs to know that she's capable? Was that the, the only issue that you identified or was there? No, several issues. So because it's focused on tech. Yeah. Um, the other issues were, um, pardon me, what kind of toys are we giving uh, girls and boys at a young age? We give boys remote control cars. So these have genuine lasting impact. Yeah, they do. Really? They do. And that's when I come back to right in the beginning of the conversation when I said I was looked at as a tomboy because the gifts I got for my tech leaf when I became nine mm. were all Barbie dolls and just, you know. And you weren't having weaving it. Weaving stuff. And I looked and I thought, <laughs> these people have gone so gone to so much effort. And I was just ripping the uh, wrapping paper apart, trying to find a walkie-talkie and a, a computer or something, yeah, yeah. because that's where my interest was. But everyone's like, "Here, here are the toys, you know, for a girl, a Barbie doll." I know that's really cute, you know. My my daughter's really into dolls and creative stuff and arts, and um, you know, that's really you know, that's her personality. Mm -hmm. But for me, I didn't want all of this. I wanted 
techie stuff. I wanted stuff I can break apart. Um, do, you, do you think that things have changed? Like this is obviously a slightly different, well, it's linked but slightly different. But I feel like today there's more of a an acceptance and a tolerance mm, that yeah. kids can have varying interests and can go in any direction. If a boy wants to play with Barbie dolls, let him. Absolutely, and yeah. vice versa um, with, with with girls and and boy boy toys boy toys. Yeah. 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 Um, but but things have changed, right? Like th- th- there is more progression, but I think there still is, and like you see these. Um, arguments being played out on social media when when a um, a supermarket does something yeah. that's that's inappropriate in that way or that's too that's considered to be sexist or biased they towards get boys. called like, out they get called yeah. out right but but i i think we are i mean again separate conversation talk about how far the other side we we should and need to go and mm, are going yeah but there is more of that kind of openness right there is there is um so you mentioned google uh, in a very humble and, and passing way that you've been invited to, was it LA or San Francisco? San Francisco, yeah. Um, so, so tell us more about that. And I think, you know, we, we, we've spent uh, probably about half an hour now talking about um, the issues. And I think a lot of it has been skewed towards within our sort of Muslim communities yeah. in terms of how we look at things. And I think there is also a conversation to be had about the tech space generally um and and your experience there so so i guess hinging off that that thing that we said about not turning up to events because you don't feel welcome you at some point in the last four years <laughs> decided yeah. okay i'm gonna start turning up i'm literally gonna go to every event that, that and, is there and, now. <laughs> and what was what was that like when when you just when you had that change of heart or mind or whatever um what happened from there thanks yeah um i i I learned a lot about myself on that journey and one of them being what you just mentioned. Um, I realized that when I'm constantly being put in an uncomfortable position, I decide to just go right in the deep end. You know what? I'm going to make this hurt as much as possible and just make the the most difficult choice Mm. so that after that, everything's easier. Um, So not that learning uh, how to drive a manual car is a very good comparison to this because, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, when I, ca- I I looked at my approach when I want to learn how to drive, I'm not going to go for the easy way. Like, I'm just going to go for the harder one so that everything else is easy. I'll go for the manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Right? I think I'll most go- people do that. Like, most yeah. people will learn manual but then get an automatic car. That's it. It's just yeah, because so that it's easy. I know. I know how yeah. to do the difficult thing. Um, and so I thought, okay, look, I, I keep keep staying away from these events because I don't know how to tell them that I can't be around alcohol. I don't know how to tell them that I can't shake a man's hand. Mm. I don't know how to tell them, um, you know, it's my prayer time. I need to be leaving this uh, talk right now. And then I just thought, you know what? You're never going to be, you know, this space will never be f- inclusive for people like you unless you speak up. Yeah. Unless you just go up to them and put yourself in that really horrible and scary place and then see what happens you know what's the worst that they can say no no yeah. <laughs> literally no. that is yeah <laughs> it's not gonna but for me it was so much more because i i was overthinking things and what they're going to think and i'm representing muslim women with my hijab and i'm representing my family and people don't really think of that it's just yeah. all in your head really um they're just thinking you're making a request can we provide her with this request Yes or no, it can be done. Mm. And so I started, you know, when they say, Hara, why are you leaving the events earlier? I'd be like, I'm sorry, I cannot be around alcohol. Yeah, it's in the evening. And that also meant I was missing out on networking opportunities. 
But funny enough, when I mentioned that once or twice or commented on someone's Twitter, someone who was non-Muslim and saying that, you know, we need to provide more inclusive spaces without alcohol in our events, I'd retweet that and people were being more aware. Oh, okay, so this is a request of hers. And so when I started going to more events, they were just like, oh, Hara, what the, um, the alcohol will start, for example, as opposed to from 6 p.m. It's going to start from 8 p.m., 9 p.m. when you've had an opportunity to talk to people. And I thought, okay, you did that for me. And yeah, will that make you feel more comfortable? Mm. Yes, it will. Um, and then the conversation started about, okay, what else can I ask for that? I'm Iraqi, you know. I want a Ferrari. <laughs> Whatever you can provide, I'm happy. <laughs> um, so, okay, so what I listed, what were the essentials? When I'm asking to pray, okay, so fine, yeah, leave the talk when, when it's prayer time. But um, where would you like to pray? And I think, okay, well, I'll pray in a corner. And they'd notice once or twice and then, they're like, would it help if we provided you with a small room, if we opened a small room for you at prayer time? And I thought, yeah, that would be amazing. That little prayer room then turned from a men's and women's room to me being more comfortable and saying, can we have separate prayer rooms? Mm. And it was a yes. And it was, I realized that I was the one saying no to myself before anyone else did. Yeah. Um, and then the next event I went to, you know, we. this is what we spoke about earlier mm. about, you know, um, the, you know, the level of inclusion, it was, okay, um, I walk into the room and they've put the qibla uh, for me and they've put a piece of paper and they've stuck it on the table so that it doesn't move around with the arrow towards the qibla and they've used their own Google qibla finder app, which is a brilliant um, web app Shout to out use. To yeah. <laughs> so, shout out to a Muslim who worked at Google and decided I'm going to use my platform my technical abilities and the place i'm in mm. to make a difference to my own community right shout yeah. out to that person whoever they are kudos to them because that's the most reliable <laughs> app that i've used it's, it's stunning right to it's, i love it yeah. wherever you are in the world open your um safari or google chrome your web browser wherever you're at yeah. and then it'll just pick it up and show you surprise you said safari but, before you said google chrome <laughs> I use an like iPhone. Google ambassador here, aren't you? Oh, and you got an I iPhone an as iPhone. well. Brilliant. <laughs> Google Chrome's there. I just <laughs> yeah, sure. <it> is. Safari. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, um, that that changed to then having you know the qibla, and then the next time the salah timings were there as well. I thought, oh wow, wow, you've literally and they've printed it on a cool Google paper as well, going with the theme of the event, the whole. So, design. so all of this experience was was as your time with Google. With Google, yeah. Okay. As um, so what they call the Google Developer Ecosystem, mm-hmm. um, as kind of leaders, let's say in in your own society, you can volunteer to work with them. Okay. Um, so you're not working at Google; you're working with Google to work on like inclusion diversity taking their tech events to your own areas of the world because you're the experts of that society because you get okay you have the local knowledge so you can but I, i find it really interesting that going from them not catering to to your um your needs to then going above and beyond and and that was only possible through you asking yeah like literally all you had to do was say i need a prayer space and then next thing you know you've got the qibla and you've got prayer times absolutely and they were asking other people other muslims who work with them so what what, how can i make 
this person be more comfortable or um i was just being very british like very passive through tweets <laughs> not even retweeting just liking just, a tweet yeah, like, <laughs> that's enough they'll get oh, the message or a yes with a, <laughs> like, yes <laughs> so they get it because yeah. a, a few um, gentlemen came up to me in some events and they're like i saw that tweet and now i know that when i come to greet you i'll put my hand on my chest mm. as a sign as opposed to putting my hand out and yeah. you're like that tweet worked it's someone saw but it that, it's interesting because a handshake is like the perpetual struggle of of the muslim in business yeah and and i feel like it's only when you've or when someone has has taken the step of of being upfront and honest and and just saying look i'm sorry i don't do this that that person will know and understand or that company will then know that this is yes. a thing and then it's it's no longer an issue. And but then you've saved so many other Muslims from having to go through that. <laughs> However, because not all Muslims believe in a, this is in the this other thing, situation, right? Yeah. And they think, you know, what this is. But very but I, I think us. I think we're 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 progressing as a society generally because there is that understanding that no two people are the same. Absolutely. So even when it comes to, for example, going to a, a pub or being around alcohol, yes. some people don't want to be around alcohol. Some people are perfectly okay with it as long as they're not drinking. Yeah. Some people will also drink as Muslims. And yeah. like, it, that can be confusing, I feel, at the same time. Exactly what I was just going to um, say. Yeah. But that it's okay because like I've, I've been in situations as well where someone will be like, oh, but that guy does X, Y, Z. I'd be like, okay, cool, but I'm not that I'm, guy. Yeah. I have my own, this is my personal um, set of rules yes. or, or my personal how I live my life. Um, and that's just how I do things. So even like my, my experience, so I only worked for a year um, post-university at like a, at a company and I never went to the, the pub. Uh, you know, Thursday evening is like the pub, pub socializing, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Never went. And like, they would ask initially, like, oh, are you coming? Are you coming? And then in it, firstly, it was like... You'd make random excuses. I have to go home. I've, you know, my wife, I don't know. I, I just make Makes something them. up. And then once I got confident enough that these guys know me and I can be honest with them, I'm like, Look, I don't go to pubs. Sorry. So like, that's not happening. And and what's interesting is I had the same thing where there was once an offer, which I said no to because I thought it's just too long for these guys. They wanted to be had a canteen downstairs. They're like, let's have a soft drink downstairs with you right. and then we can go. And then may they were like, maybe you can join. I was like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not going to join you. But I was like, I'm not going to hold you guys back either. It's cool. I yes, appreciate it. You can do that. Um, but go forth and drink <laughs> you yeah. know, have your fun yeah, you need to. but but again the, the for me i found that like people are always tolerant and understanding um but you you just have to be clear and coherent in what you're saying <laughs> absolutely do you know what yes. i mean you your requests to need to be need to make sense and they need to be reasonable yeah um you can't say for example oh can you stop the whole uh talk for 10 minutes so i can go pray you just want a little space so you can slip off you can't expect them to stop the whole yeah stop the whole you know to stop everything for you um but that's really cool um can i add to, to what yeah, you just yeah, said please, like, yeah. <laughs> so um with regards to being clear and coherent um sometimes you'd be like I i'm sorry i can't shake your hands you know mm. Um, this is how I show my respect and all of that. And I've had situations where they'd come in for a hug. No. And I'm just like, this, this is, is worse. This is worse yeah. I wish I'd shook you. <laughs> this is worse. I would have taken Because it's just like, yeah, I because my clarity was I can't shake your hand. And then and then I started I was like, okay, I need to be even more clear. Like yeah. you cannot touch me. <laughs> but it's also it's also how do you like get across an entire 
ideology within, within, within two seconds. Oh, probably half a second. Yeah. Yeah. And you turn up mumbling. I was like, That's <laughs> Literally, it. Just, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, what was that? What was that? Or they'd have their hand out and you're just like, it's there. The words are there. It's, so sometimes yeah. you can get caught off guard and you're just like, oh my God, what did I just say? And it was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You just want to say, I'm sorry, but. I'm sorry, I don't shake hands. I started repeating the phrase to myself, like constantly, yeah, Hara, yeah. you've got this. Like, you can say it. You've done it hundreds of times mm. before and they've all been very understanding. And what happened, what started happening was that they take it back to their companies. And so I realized that certain companies that, that I, you know, that I'd work with or um, meet employees from, the men would have their hands by their side or on their chest because they've been trained where some of them would say, as you said earlier, oh, but this such and such woman shook my hand. And you're just like, okay, how do I explain this? You know, she was also a Muslim woman. She was also a visibly Muslim woman, um, but she couldn't say that. Um, and I'd be like, okay, how about let's find a solution when it's a muslim woman who you're talking to a visibly muslim woman wait for her to put her hand out right and that will make things easier for you don't put your hand out where she's feeling awkward and she cannot mm. say no some cultures the word no is very difficult to pronounce as opposed to the european culture where it's very direct and easy to say it um so wait for her to put her hand out if, if that's the situation mm. you know at least you know that then she's comfortable shaking your hand and please don't go in for a hug and a kiss because that's <laughs> just making it worse i feel like we could do a whole <laughs> podcast just on handshaking and and the struggles uh, yeah everyone goes through it yeah. so so it is a difficult thing and the drinking part as well mm. um when i'd go to events you know get invited around europe or anywhere around the world to speak the night before the event, so they'd make sure your ticket is booked for the day before the event so that you're comfortable. The night before the event, they have speakers dinner where sometimes you're, you're speaking alongside, alongside very distinguished speakers, yet you haven't had the time to meet them. Um, so this is an opportunity for you. And again, just like you said, I'd make excuses. Oh, I'm really tired. Oh, like, and I'd be really worried because I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to meet such and such person. I really wanted to talk to them. Mm. Until I was like, listen, I'm going to have to approach this the same way I do everything else. And so what they started doing was speakers dinner would start for the first hour, hour and a half without alcohol. And then after that, they'd know that, you know, they'd kind of show me that the alcohol's show coming. And yeah, show me the door. And <laughs> <laughs> um, the alcohol's coming. Yeah. And, you know, I'd have sometimes 12, 13 people waiting for me, waiting for me to go away, but waiting for me to, you know, enjoy my dinner with them. Mm. Um, and then that's it. I say goodbye. I'm going to leave. And then they enjoy the alcohol. Awesome. So really, really everyone nice. kind of, it's like a win-win situation yeah, yeah. because I get to talk to them and they get to enjoy the alcohol <laughs> later. And so. Um, so I think, you know, now, what have you because you, you mentioned with the google stuff that you're you're kind of working within communities and you have the community expertise mm. um so what what have you been doing uh i guess with google and specifically with muslim women in in najaf and like empowerment and i guess you know it, it, it's quite a nice sort of circle that yeah. you've gone to because you started off uh in your kind of uh mid to late teens if i've got the timeline in my head correct with no qualifications or experience um, teaching women and now you're kind of degree, masters, PGC, working on a PhD, and, PGC, working on a PhD mm, now as well. Yeah. And and back working with communities in Najaf. It must be a very different experience for, for you and for them. Completely, completely. I feel like with that, I showed the few people who really had no confidence in me that I'm still the same person. Mm. 
my heart is still, you know, in the same place. I still want to contribute. And it didn't make a difference whether I had a degree or not. I still have that same love of serving the community in my own way, which is the tech world. Obviously, now I have more knowledge to share. Now I am capable of completely ignoring people like that because they don't have a say in my life and they don't exist. Whereas many years ago, it was up to them to decide to give me a job or not. Yeah. So it's really funny, kind of, it feels good a few years down. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's a part of the ego where you're just like, yeah, okay, you don't exist in my life anymore. I've moved on. Um, But yeah. Uh, going back to to Google, so uh, with you know coming and going back to to Najaf, uh, Iraq, which we both know is a very conservative city as well. Um, I, I was already part of the Google community and and working with running uh, what they call a GDG, a Google Developer Group in Oxford, and just helping out different cities. Um, I took advantage of the couple of trips that I was in San Francisco, where it was a huge Google developer event. And I asked, who's the head of this whole community? Who runs the GDG chapters around the world? Um, and they're like, okay, so this is the program manager. She will be here at, I don't know, like two or 3 p.m. in this huge event that's outdoors, San Francisco heat in the summer. And I thought, we're getting Google in Nedjeff. And Nedjeff will be on the map. You've got like 850 chapters around the world, so 850 something cities there. And why is Nedjeff not one of these? you know we've got amazing people there why is Iraq not being represented Mm. what's happening so there was one in Baghdad but we know that they're two completely different cultures between Baghdad and Najaf and that was the only city that was being represented I thought we've got 18 cities in in Iraq Uh, why why isn't one of them being represented why isn't another one being represented so I still t- I took pictures of the amount of heat I took on that day, <laughs> standing outdoors waiting for that woman where, um, you know, I got heat stroke and I was dehydrated oh, and they took me to first aid in that oh, event. That <laughs> it was bad. I, I had an extremely bad rash where my hands sw- <laughs> were swollen up to here. Wow. And, I took- it was- and I was like, listen, I'm doing this for Nedjeff. <laughs> like, I'm going proper doing extreme. <laughs> Um, I managed to have a conversation with that program leader at Google. And I said, listen, this is a city. This is the situation for women there. We have brilliant talent. Their voices are not being heard, mm. right? And maybe if we took these events and got Google represented there, that would be good for Google because you know, you're know you tapping into a huge pool of talent that's never been recognized before. And people then feel comfortable with the name and brand of Google to kind of supports you know the local community and yeah um, that worked lots of admin work but alhamdulillah you know established a brilliant group of women over there amazing who were running events and you know we've seen year upon year in the past three years approximately the number of women who are coming to these events um the number of women who are contributing who are speaking who are learning who are running workshops um sometimes we have to ask them to bring their fathers and their husbands and their brothers with them even if they're not in tech just so that they feel like they're in a safe space and they're able to uh, you know be around so i guess you're still working with the kind of cultural you still have um, to yeah you still have to keep restrictions the culture. let's say yeah yeah they are restrictions mm. but you have to keep it in mind and you can't just be like oh we're here we're here we're to save you yeah, yeah right <laughs> we're progressive yeah um i had some people from other cities come you know in Nedjeff, you you're usually wearing a full abaya yeah right so when we had the opening event in 2018 uh we had the google brand and that's one of the photos i don't think i've put it on my um my instagram but i'm in my full abaya i'm wearing the green shawl and 
pointing at the you know the Google Nejef um, brands. And we had some people from other cities who were progressive thinking, like software engineers, and they'd be like, oh, um, your brand doesn't work with the Google theme. So I said to him, what, what do you mean the Google theme? Yes, the Google theme is progressive. Software engineers should be out there. Um, you and your abayas and the way you're dressed, what is this backward thinking of yours and you know mm. backward dressing of yours? So there wasn't only external kind of issues to deal with. There were internal issues where other people looked and thought, thought you know what, you should be sticking to your abayas and sitting at home and being quiet. <laughs> Stop trying to make this uh, so revolution. It's, it's, a, it's a perpetual struggle, I think. Um, and I, I think the, the the last thing I wanted to kind of, obviously, unless there's yeah. anything else you want to you mm. chuck in, but, but I think the last thing I thought would be good to ask you and, and to kind of have you state the, the case for um, is is why we need more women but also more muslim women in tech because you've spoken about the struggles yeah. and the journey that you've been on and and you haven't said it i've said it once but i'm going to say it again i think you're most definitely trailblazing um in in this space so. in terms of actively as you said putting yourself in difficult positions um for your own personal development and growth but i think also that that opens doors for others um and, and as i said you know one of the reasons i wanted to have you here is that there might be someone listening to this who has come across you or just listened to the podcast and has always had an interest or a passion that might not sit in line with their own cultural sensitivities or their yes. parents or their communities or societies or, or whatever else. But the reality is that um, it is possible to pursue your passion. Um, and it just needs a bit of kind of determination. Um, and so, so if for argument's sake, someone is keen on tech right um why should they embark on a journey like yours absolutely yeah you've put that beautifully so i always say if you can't see it you can't be it right so we have a generation of youth and girls growing up and a lot of them will be interested in how you know you what you brought up earlier the the topic of gaming you know now it's a lot of girls are, are interested in gaming mm. maybe they will take that interest uh, forward and want to know how to create games uh maybe girls are you know working with with computers creating websites and they want to know how to take that forward but then when they look at the world of tech are they being represented do they have someone who they can look up to and say well you know she did it so can i we usually need that we need someone who looks like me it's not enough for me to look at a woman being in tech i need to look at a muslim woman a for me personally, I'm talking about my own personal. I need to look at a visible, visibly Muslim woman. I need to look at one who is a mother, one who is a wife, one who comes from a conservative family, one who comes from all of these, like putting all of these factors together. Yeah. Um, and then saying, you know what? Yeah, if she can do it, so can I, right? And so that's what I kind of strive for. That I come from so many different backgrounds yet i've put them together and you know i'm still practicing my religion in the way that i feel is suitable for me and works for me and i want other girls and other women to feel like they also have a place in tech so many women i know who are software engineers they're doing such brilliant work as i said earlier they are 10 times a better programmer than i would ever be yet they feel like you know i'm a mum, and if i kind of you know if I'm a mom therefore I cannot be going and speaking at events I cannot go and do this 
makes sense you know if if you want to feel like as a mother i should be at home i should be looking after my kids i'm not saying oh go out there and make yourself mm. extremely uncomfortable and you know leave your children but if that's what you want then there really shouldn't be anything holding you back because you i think once you just ask for what you need to feel mm. included um there is a place for you and everyone wants to feel like they belong right and so I feel like everyone does belong in tech, as you said, for argument's sake, you do have a place. So long as you know what you want, kind of have a level of self-awareness and look at for people who've done this before you, if they haven't, why not start this journey? Um, and just start with that drive. If you've got the drive for it, go for it. Don't, you know, there's no need to be holding ourselves back, let alone, people will always talk. Sometimes it's like, oh, what will people say? As I said earlier, I was told, you know, why don't you go and teach? Quran why don't you go and teach religion but I'm not a specialist in Quran and religion yeah, yeah. just because I'm from a conservative family doesn't mean I need to be teaching this stuff you know there are amazing people who are professional who are teaching this stuff my field is tech that's what I want to be teaching people um, so I, I just think I think what one thing that you mentioned that's important is that you know if if you you haven't gone down this route you might not necessarily want to yeah. I, I don't think you know I, I think sometimes um it, it comes across like people are saying oh we have to be out there we have to be you know make a space for ourselves make a name for ourselves yeah. but not everybody necessarily wants that Someone's... but i think a lot of people like you said and, and, and you've been through the journey yourself where you've wanted something but held yourself back because of what will people say how yes. will i do this what will the community say what will uh, how, how will they treat me and i'm i'm the only visibly muslim woman in a space where yes. there's not muslims and there's not women um and there's definitely not the two together yeah um it's it, as i said it, it, i think it genuinely is um inspirational to an extent but it's something that there is you know you need the appetite and the hunger for yeah absolutely i'm i'm so for it if you decide you know i just want to stay at home i don't mm. want to be seen i don't want to be, well that's that's your choice but my conversation is definitely for those who yeah uh, for, for those who do choose to stay at home and not not kind of pursue this forward publicly um i just think just have that confidence in yourself that this is really what you want mm. and, and stick with it but if you feel like you have that hunger and drive don't hold yourself back it's a shame because so many people could learn from you and and uh, be inspired by your journey i haven't asked your permission for this but <laughs> Go ahead. you might be a bit worried now. no but um it, it, you know I'll, I'll i'll put your uh maybe your twitter handle or whatever in the description and i think yeah, if, yeah. if people Instagram are interested in getting easier. involved yeah. um or, or, or just reaching out or getting some advice or whatever it might be absolutely would you be okay with that absolutely i get okay. that a lot a lot okay, of women cool. I, was kind of say, reach out. I think that's the main thing and and you're right like you, you mentioned um all of your different, all the different things that make you as an individual unique, your your religious, cultural uh, background and baggage, let's say, that, that you bring yeah. uh, to the table. And I think, you know, even myself, when I was kind of um, growing up and, and thinking about what I want to do, what I want to get into, you always look for someone that's close to you. So you look for like, you know, a particular person. So I, I was always interested in the media. So I look at media personalities and be yeah. like, oh, this guy's like me. But then I'm like, oh no, but he's, he it's doesn't not seem, completely like yeah, me. It's yeah, it's not like he's too liberal or he's this or he's that. And you're, you're never going to find anyone that has the same journey as yep. yourself. But I think it's always inspirational and motivational when you see people who have 
aspects of your upbringing background yes. baggage let's say yeah. because you're like okay they managed to navigate that i probably can as well yeah um but yeah no I, again i just wanted to to thank you for for sharing um thank so you. much from a personal perspective and a work perspective um and and genuinely it, it like i said halfway through the podcast you know we always look at others and think oh my god they've got they're doing so much you are genuinely doing so much no it, it, it's amazing i think you know there, there's you've you've had to navigate a lot uh, in all of that Absolutely. but you know alhamdulillah i think you've you're, you're, you're doing a fantastic job of it i so, try i try so so ask hopefully you can you can keep this up and then going. um we i mean there's what 16 cities left in in uh, iraq that need, that need uh, gdg groups <laughs> yeah. set up right yeah i've been helping people kind of set it up um, just showing them how to get things done. But there's a lot of admin and internal stuff that I can imagine. holds them back. <laughs> and, but yeah, but but I try and give as much as I can to, to people. And as I said earlier, whoever would like to reach out, I get a lot of people, a lot of mothers who are doing PhDs who want to do a PhD who reach out and say, can I do it? You know, can I do a PhD with a child? It's what I've always wanted to do. Do you have like a, a set just, template response? No, yes. I am very... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, you can. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely respond to every single yeah, yeah. message um, based on the information that they give me and I'm happy to help. Alhamdulillah, really, that's good. Alhamdulillah. Well, thank you very much again for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. So that was my conversation with Hora. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think absolutely f- fascinating and, and quite inspirational story from, from so many different perspectives and angles. Um, it just, I think, everything from start to finish in terms of her, her 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 journey i guess internationally then also as a a mother coming from you know quite a conservative background where there are cultural and uh community-wide kind of expectations and everything else and really kind of navigating that space um and and pursuing her passion um i think it's it's, it's one of those things where th- there are so many people out there that you see that are kind of doing things and um, making something of the opportunities that they have and the uh, the blessings, that I guess, that God have given them. Um, and it's always fascinating when you actually sit down, have a chat and just find out more and, and realize at the same time that, you know, a lot of these people have been through similar things that you and I have been through in terms of the anxieties um and the the the, you know the stage fright and whatever else and then you know uh, i guess getting in your own way um in terms of not allowing yourself to to succeed and thrive and whatever else um and and it's always quite i think heartwarming when you have that conversation you see the journey they've been on and you can identify yourself in different stages of their journey um and then to see kind of the end product and result um it's it's keep using the same word but it's hugely inspiring i think um i hope you guys enjoyed uh the podcast um if you do if you are a regular listener then then please do consider supporting the muslim vibe podcast um as little as five or ten pound a month would go a long way to helping us produce and create more fantastic content on a weekly basis on the podcast and also just generally uh we also have a youtube channel um that's set up it's youtube.com forward slash tmb podcast specifically for podcast episodes we post shorter clips on our main uh muslim vibe youtube page but if you'd like to watch the podcast instead of listen to them um we're, we're trying as much as possible to record stuff in the the office the studio so that we can you know have obviously better looking video content um 
yeah and and you can i guess listen to previous episodes there as well and that's that's about it really uh thank you guys for joining us on another podcast and uh we will be back next week inshallah take care guys and stay safe